Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. And I am really excited because this is actually my second interview with Dr. Jenny Trierweiler, who is a fantastic resource for all of us over the age of 40 who are women trying to lose weight for good using healthy, proven, effective methods and not those crazy crash diets. So today we are going to talk all about um, healthy weight loss and healthy nutrition, right, Dr. Ginny? That's what we're here to do. Yeah, I'm so passionate about it because I just feel like women in this age group are so important in our communities and we affect so many people. And if our health is going down because we don't know the right way to eat, um, it's just such a huge loss to the community. So tell us a little bit. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you as well. So tell us a little bit about your background and what got you so interested in this, because I know you have a wealth of experience and expertise in this area. Yeah, well, I'm a psychologist by background. And so um, I was struggling with my healthy eating approach, not working the way I thought it should be working. My health was going down. I didn't know that it was related to my eating, really. Um, but I started seeing that I, I had more and more pain and inflammation, more and more medications, insomnia, hot flashes, right? All those things that happened to us. It didn't feel like it was my body anymore. It's like, who put this fat suit on me and how do I get it off, right? And I thought, I'm smart. I'm reading all the books. I'm reading all the labels. I'm doing all the things that should be right. And I just was gaining more and more weight, Um and I had really gotten to the point where I could barely walk anymore I, because I had so much inflammation in my feet. Uh, so I had this image, I'm going to be hiking in the mountains in my 80s. I'm going to be extra youthful for a really long time. But by my mid-50s, I, could, I couldn't even go for a 10-minute walk anymore um, for fun and relaxation. So it was getting kind of severe. You know, and that's not that's not unusual, is it? I mean, I hear women all the time who are... Um, you know, around my age, so pushing 60 ish yeah. or more. Yeah. And they're, yeah. and they're like, you know, there's, there seems to be two groups, the really super healthy ones that you're wondering like, wow, what did they do in their that. life to deserve this? And then there's, you know, the, the people that are just struggling. And yes. why do you think it is that we just assume that, that inflammation, those sore joints, that weight gain, like why do, why does that seem like that's just the way it's supposed to be? Or that's just become normal, right? Yeah. I'm going to add a couple of things to that heart disease, getting high blood pressure, going on statins just seems normal. Yeah. Becoming pre-diabetic or diabetic just seems normal. Dementia a little ways down the road and cancer. All of these are very highly tied to our eating and drinking. I had this big wake up call. I might've told you this before, but um, I was getting really worried about my health. And I started working in nursing homes as a psychologist. And I thought the people there would be in their eighties and nineties. They're not, they're in their sixties and seventies mostly. Yes. So I was 55 and I'm looking at these people going, you're five years older than me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And truthfully, this could be where I'm headed if I don't make some kind of change. When I researched their conditions, diabetes, heart disease, dementia, and cancer, and, the, and, and overweight and obesity, these things all go together and they're super related to our eating. 
I was able to turn all this stuff around when I found the right way to eat. And I now am watching hundreds and thousands of people do the same thing. Uh, but it's not easy to find the answers because the, the information out in the, in the popular press is so misleading and so false, really. Well, and I think sometimes, you know, I think that I'm going to probably say something that's controversial and I'll probably piss at least one or two people off with this. But I think people kind of go just like, well, you know, I'm I'm 55, I'm 60 and I worked hard all my life and I, you know, followed the rules and now I'm in my golden years. whatever yeah. that means. And I'm going to have like if I want to go out eat what I want. Every day of the week, I'm going to do it. If I want to have like three slices of birthday cake, I'm going to do it. So how much of this do you think in your experience is really our own mental processes working against us? And how much of it is really good marketing by food manufacturers and weight loss programs and all that stuff that's going on? Well, those two things create a perfect storm problem for us, right? Yeah, I mean, it's natural for our psychology that the most pleasing, exciting stuff is the stuff we're going to want and we're going to think is important, right? We get a big dopamine rush from the chocolate cake and the glass of wine, and that tells our brain that was important. We think that's going to keep us living, keep eating that. So we end up with this unnatural attachment to things that aren't good for us. And then the food and diet industry are telling us why they're okay. Yeah. Why we should moderate everything is one of our cultural beliefs that doesn't make any sense when you sit and think about it, but it sounds very right. Well, and, and we talked about this in the last one too. Did we? And, and, and so this is, and, and I know that I mentioned, I think I mentioned this to you. If not, I thought about it right when we got off the call, which is quite <laughs> often what I do. I think, could happen. Why did I ask this um, But here's what I found I have done. Over the years, I've done a ton of weight loss programs. Like, uh-huh. And I think, you know, I, I know we talked about this, that when I was young, um, when I'm, I'm going to say younger than 30, if I needed okay. to lose 15 pounds, I just worked out super hard, yep. ate a very restrictive diet for maybe a month, maybe right. six weeks, and it was gone. And it stayed right. off for a while. Um, and then I you rock. Know, <laughs> kind of yo-yo back and forth. But every time the yo-yo kind of went a little higher on each one. Um, yes. But here's what I found myself that I have done. I have collected the things that I like about each diet. Yes, yes. Like you can have a glass of red wine with a meal. Right. Like you right. can have chocolate. Like you can eat butter. And and there's all these weird little things. And somehow I have created this concept or I had created this concept in my mind. Yes. And what I've done is I just created my own, the ultimate diet for Marty because I just right. made up all the things that I like. And it right. was effective. Right. Individually, they worked, but combining them doesn't. So as with your psychology background, how do we change that thinking? I know that's something that you work a lot with your clients on, right? It really really is. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, in my background is I studied evidence-based practices. So when the government wants to replicate something that works, they want to understand what is it about this that works. So we replicate it and it keeps working because what they found is people would take a little of this and a little of that, and it wouldn't add up to be effective. Right. So I realized that's how you're putting your diet together, Jenny. You're taking a little of this and a little of that, and I like this, and this is gonna work. And right. I thought, this is what everyone does. Yeah, I'm everyone. glad you know I'm not alone, that's for sure. <laughs> we have to come up with some kind of approach that we don't have to think about every day. We can't 
be thinking really hard about what we're going to eat at every meal. We die of exhaustion. Yeah. So we come up with our best approach. And, and what's terrible now is our environment is giving us terrible information. So it's really helping us put together something that's never going to work. And it's going to lead to all these diseases that have become hundreds of times more prevalent in our society over the past 60 years. They become like in China, we find that all of a sudden urban Chinese people started getting heart disease and right. their doctors were asking, how do we treat this? We got to go to the United States and ask them. And so when they studied, well, why are urban Chinese people getting heart disease all of a sudden at these huge rates? It's because they adopted our diet. Yeah. 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 We, our bodies can't tolerate the way we're eating now. We can make as many excuses as we want, but it's not working for our bodies. But it, it is funny, you know, when you, I'm going back a couple of a couple of topics or a couple of minutes here in the conversation. But one of the things you talked about was how um, it's just assumed that you're going to be on statins, you're going to be yep. pre-diabetic, you're going to be this, that and the other thing. I recently had to go and had have a little tear in my retina repaired. And so they ask you all of the, it was perfectly harmless of the laser. Everything worked out fine. But, you know, they ask you all these questions like, well, what medications are you on? What diseases do you have? What supplements are you taking? And I just went, no, 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 all the way down the list. And the lady goes, what do you mean? No, no, no. (laughs) With with us. I said, I am really being honest with you. (laughs) And it it was, it seemed shocking to them that I did yes. have these conditions. So what, what is the one thing that you could say is the most important thing that a woman mm-hmm. over 40 needs to switch in her mind? And I know we're not going to get into how to do that because that's right. that takes months and weeks and right. intensive training. What do you think is the most critical switch that has to be flipped? I think one critical switch to flip is dieting is not the answer. Eating less, starving yourself, depriving yourself is not the answer. And we have about 100 years of proof that it's not, but it's still the most common thing we'll be told is you just have to eat less. And we've all had experience where we thought it worked. So that reinforced our belief that it works. It's just not how our bodies work. The first thing you should do is eat more of the nutritious, real whole foods. Right. That that's, that's really important because the, the restrictive diets will drop your weight, but they're not sustainable. Yeah. Right. And then right. how much damage are you doing to your body? Yes. Um, yes. I always wonder, and I know we're, we're not here to bash any, I, I'm not, and I know you're not here to bash any particular plan or program, yeah. but you know, people that stay for long, long times on things like keto or that yeah. stay for a long time on super like zero carbs in their lives. What do they call that? Yeah. The, um, uh, the, the carnivore diet where they don't eat oh. anything. Mm-hmm. Like how, how does that, how does that really affect your body when you completely cut out a food group or something? Yeah, I mean, what I see about the research about that is that it's not good for our health. Uh, People people end up with low energy, right? We having too much protein is as damaging as having too little, and in our culture, we're more likely to have too much. Yeah, Uh, but there's been a huge campaign pushing meat and dairy, right? Right. For a long time, yeah. Very, so, very yeah. powerful lobbies in all countries. Yeah, very powerful <laughs> lobbies. It's partly how we ended up with sugar in all our food. It's those lobbies made sure to knock down the idea that those are bad foods. And I don't think those are bad foods, but we don't need to eat the amounts that they're encouraging us to eat. 
What are your thoughts on kind of plant-based eating? Is that, is that your focus with, with the women Mm. you work with or, or what, is it more of a moderated approach or what is it? It's interesting. I mean, um, we should probably be eating more fruits and vegetables, almost all of us. And uh, what I find with my smart women clients is it's four times to 10 times the amount that they've been eating. So it's a lot more. We should be eating a lot more of those foods if we want to be healthy and feel really good. And it will help push out the junk that we need to not be eating. So it's pretty big, but I don't teach plant-based eating exactly. And a lot of people come to me doing plant-based eating. I've been vegan for years. I've been plant-based for years and my weight just isn't budging. It's not the whole answer. If you want to get your kind of healthy, slender body back, there are a lot of junk food vegans out there. Yes. Yeah, I was, right? you know what, it's funny because I'm, I'm making this, I'm not making, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, um, yeah. but not for, and I'm just going to be honest, not for ethical reasons. I grew up on a farm. Oh. I really don't have a problem with this, but, but here's the thing. I just find that I have way more energy and I feel better. I still have mm. like, you know, protein once a day. I just don't have mm. it at every meal. I mean, when I grew oh. up, it was bacon and eggs in the morning, right. some some kind of meat at lunch, some kind of a big portion of meat at, at dinner. Um, right. And I just kind of, and sometimes I just eat plants all day. Like I just have a really big yeah. salad or something. Yeah. Like that, so, and there's protein in plants too. It's not like meat and dairy is the only way to get protein. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, What's another myth that you see that that women, particularly over the age of 40, that have done some of these wacky diets in their past have kind of latched on to? Well, we talked about it a little earlier, but one of the big mistakes we make is looking for the latest tip every day. Like we never end up following one approach so we can never get any traction with what we're doing. So one of the big things I teach the women that work with me is I found an approach that's truly effective for women predictably over 40, like it just keeps working. It's very clear, it's very specific and you can thoroughly enjoy it. Don't do this and then look for a new approach tomorrow. Yeah. it's encouraged all the time. Here's the latest tip. That's the whole media environment we live in, right? Um, but that is a great way to tank your results, to really halt your progress. And what about what about calorie counting? I know that's a, I mean, there's a gazillion apps. Everybody, most people yes. download it on their phone, right? And they're yeah. tracking, or no, I shouldn't say, most people trying to lose weight. I should have been clear about that. What about, what about calorie tracking? Is that it's the, it is the wrong approach? It is the wrong approach. Like I say, there's about a hundred years of research proving that, but it's very interesting. The researchers, when they get to the end of their study say, it must work. It didn't look like it worked here, but it must be something about our design or maybe the participants were lying. It doesn't work. Our body has a way to manage the calories in, calories out issue. Calories are easy to measure. That's why we measure them. They're not the important thing. So- When we look at the calories on the back of the package, that's not telling us whether it's food we should eat or not. Right? What, what would be what would be one important thing that we should be looking at if we're not going to use calories as kind of a guideline? Um, how do we know how much to eat? How do we know what choices mm-hmm. to make? Yeah. I mean, I get very specific about that because I found in the research that very specific quantities mattered. In fact, when people veer too many this way or too little that way, they stop getting great results. So I found very specific 
quantities that are very helpful to us. So part of what I was saying is you probably need to eat four to 10 times as much vegetables as you're eating. That is a project that took me a year of, okay, what can I really enjoy in this category? Because it made a huge difference for my health, but I can't do it if I don't like it. You know how we go and buy the celery and carrot sticks and then throw them out the next, you know, two days later, cause they went bad. That's not going to help. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, that, that is something I, I completely agree with you. You've got whatever it is, whatever you're doing, it's got to be something that you enjoy because if yes. it's something you're forcing yourself to eat, you're not going to stick with that. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so key. That's a great key. Yeah. So what I developed a process I call crave the good. So we go from craving the things that are bad for us and forcing ourselves to eat the nutritious stuff to actually craving the nutritious stuff and just feeling kind of repelled by the non-nutritious stuff. And that makes everything different. When you fall in love with the nutritious stuff, it's not difficult to eat what your body needs and to completely transform your results. Right. And and I think that's that's phenomenal. I, you know, it's been years since I've stopped at a fast food restaurant. It's just not yeah. even something that crosses my mind anymore right. that, hey, I should stop in there. Um, right. Now, that's not to say I don't occasionally when I'm, you know, if I'm traveling, stopping in yeah. a convenience store, you know, right. and convenience food is the worst stuff to eat. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And it's all sitting there and it calls to you when you walk in the door, you know, yeah. flaming yes. hot Cheetos <laughs> all of a sudden become exactly what I need to have. Um, But, you know, it, it, there are some, some little things that we can do. You know, I I know, I remember one of the things I went to Weight Watchers many, many years ago and I have no problem with Weight Watchers or I'm not endorsing them or anything. It's just an organization I worked with um, or I used, Um, you know, one of their things was before you go grocery shopping, make sure you eat something. So you're not hungry and you're not feeling you know, all yeah. those kind of stress things. So yeah, it was one of the good little nuggets. I right. There are some good nuggets in there. So typically I'm putting you yeah. on the spot now, Dr. Jenny, typically when women come to you, are they yeah. looking to lose like a significant amount of weight or is it just a few pounds or is it all across the, all across it's the, all body? across. It's really interesting. I thought everyone would be like me. They'd have like 50, 60, 70 pounds to lose. I do get that group of women. Like I've been overweight now for 20, 30 years and I have a bunch to lose, but I get a, I have about 25% of my clients who are like, I just have five or 10 pounds to lose, but I really want to learn to eat in a way that will keep me as healthy as possible forever and never have to diet again, right? The, the on and off dieting is really rough on our metabolism. Those people who did the biggest loser mm, have yeah. wrecked metabolism. Like they can't, most of them can't get their metabolism functioning again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They that, don't want that, to do that. Yeah. Um, what about, what about exercise? And I'm, I'm kind of throwing this in here where, believe it or not, we're almost at 20 minutes already. <laughs> Just, what, what about exercise? Like how critical yeah. is that? Um, especially for women over the age. Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, And it's the answer is a little more complex than I thought. I went through, I I can keep losing the weight partly by using exercise. Um, The research shows it is not the key to to weight loss. Um, Yeah, it's, it's important for our health, but it's not key to weight loss. There's no way to exercise enough to compensate for a diet that's not, that's not right. 
Right. So we, we say you can't uh, outrun a bad diet. I, lo- I love that saying. I love that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's going to be the title of this episode. I've got just to say oh. that. <laughs> um, No, maybe not. But but I, I really do like that because I think so many of us that yeah. were pretty active, did sports, did that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's kind of the mentality. If you just work out, you can, because in your teens and twenties, you can do that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was in university, we could go out, we could, you know, party yeah. every weekend, have pizza and beer and everything else. And and you still never gained any weight, but that doesn't happen when you're 40, 50, 60. And it doesn't <laughs> prove what we think it proves is what I realized. So the, the fundamental error I see in the calorie cutting and the, uh, I'm going to exercise more uh, approach is our body manages all that. If we start exercising more or we cut our calories, our body goes, hold it. We need to hold on. And we're going to make you hungry. Our body fixes that. So the idea we get is as long as I don't gain weight, nothing happened in my body. This whole, I'm going to eat bad stuff today, but I'm going to make up for it tomorrow with exercise is such a lie. Yeah. Our body, like if I decide I'm going to save my calories for wine every night, wine and popcorn, I'm not going to eat real food. I'm just going to have wine and popcorn every night. This was one of my habits, right? And it felt like it was working which means I don't see any effects. But my body is having to create some kind of compensation for the fact that it didn't get the nutrition it needed and it got some toxic stuff instead. My body's gonna do what it does. I may not see the effects in the short run. I may not feel sick or see weight gain right away, but it's simply a cultural lie that we can make up for a bad diet by exercising more or eating less tomorrow. Yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just something we've told ourselves so many times. We believe you, it. You know what? I th- I think like I'm, I wear a fitness tracker. I love it because it keeps yeah. track of my steps and I, I do my running and I, I just yeah. like to keep, I'm, I'm a stats person. I like to see Absolutely. it. Absolutely. my accomplishment, yeah. right? But, but it even has, like, I turn it off, but there's even this little thing on there that will allow you to eat extra based on how much you exercise. Yeah. Like, all of these, all of these programs have this adjustment. Yeah built into it that you have yes. to go in and manually shut off if you want to use yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. How wise of you to shut that off. Yeah. I mean, there's messages all the time telling us we can compensate for a bad diet and it, it just isn't true. I started realizing I can eat things that help my body or I can eat things that harm my body. These are the two choices. Yeah. Quit lying to yourself that this one hurts, but not that bad. Probably won't even sh- show That's up and I can lie. make up for it. That's the That's lie, the right? Lie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got one more question to ask you. And I know I shouldn't be doing this because we're running out of time, but what about this intermittent fasting stuff? Uh-huh. Cause I have read some stuff that seems to say it's pretty, pretty good. It helps put yes. you in that auto autophagy state where your uh-huh. are actually repaired. Autophagy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What, how yeah. I can't pronounce words. <laughs> it's a tough one. So I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? And does that, does that have an impact or a benefit for yeah. women over 40? It's something I'm very interested in. I've studied a certain amount. Um, I feel like if I had done it, if I'd started doing that in my 20s, it might have really helped me. It's not something I ju- generally recommend to my clients, except if what you mean is I'm going to stop eating at 6 p.m. and not eat again until nine the next morning yeah that 16 what is it 16 8 yeah, or 14 right. 10 or yeah. whatever i mean there's all all different ones so like the major risk of it is that pretty quickly our body will make us hungry 
Um, so for my clients who have done dieting and done all these things, getting extra hungry because of intermittent fasting is going to make it harder to be successful. We do try to make sure we have a good break between dinner and breakfast. Sure. And what, if people want to expand that, that can be helpful. But generally, when they're trying to do fasting, it's sort of a magic pill kind of approach um, that's taking them off track is what I observe. Okay. Well, it has benefits, but it has drawbacks that counteract the benefits. Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like anything. It's kind of one of those things in moderation or depending on the person, it may be yeah. something that's beneficial, but it's not necessarily the, the magic. It's not the be happen. all and end all. I don't think. Yeah. 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 So, wow, we have covered a whole ton of information and I knew we would because you have such a fantastic wealth of knowledge on this. Um, Dr. Ginny, what is the number one thing you want people to remember when they go on about their life after they've listened to this podcast? I think instead of eating less, look for ways to eat substantially more of the real foods that don't come in packages. That will change your life. That'll give you energy. Right. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And you have been very generous and provided a um, free giveaway gift for yeah. people that listen in on the program. So where can they go and get that? And can you just yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, it's at slenderforgood.com at my website. And what I created is a, a roadmap to sustainable weight loss after 40. Because finding the answers took me a long time besides a PhD and that level of training in science. And then figuring out how to share the answers so people would understand and it would kind of break through the morass of lies we live in, um, that took me years. Yeah. So this hopefully is a good summary for people about how weight loss, sustainable weight loss after 40 is different from what you think. Well, and thank you so much for that. And um, like I said at the Potapalooza thing, and I meant to do it, but I've got it on my list of things to download. I'm going to go grab a copy as oh, well. Yeah. So I'm going to encourage everybody, <laughs> get on there, um, get, at least get the roadmap for uh, sustainable weight loss. And if you're dealing with this, you don't have to deal with it on your own because there are professionals like Dr. Jenny who are here to help you out. So Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I know, I, I hope it's brought a lot of information and support for you and maybe some insight. And please make sure you tune in to the next episode of The D-Shift. Thanks for listening and supporting The D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join The D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.